0: the number 1 financial destination yahoo finance.com
1: oh, What's good, Internet? It's Friday, June 19th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 322. I'm your host, Austin Walker. I'm joined once again by Gita Jackson. Hello. Returning uh, to us after vacation Hi. is Ricardo Contreras. Hi, Ricardo. Hi. I'm doing I great. I feeling... have a cat. You got a cat. <laughs> you had a vacation. I hear you became a Hanafuda master. Oh, my God. That's yeah. kind of the whole thing. Uh, was, really. It was
2: a beautiful vacation.
1: We'll talk more um, about That sounds amazing. And a special guest today, Emmanuel Myberg from Motherboard. Hi, Emmanuel. How are you doing? Good,
3: good. Great to be here. Um, if you see me wiggling on I do. like our discord video camera, it's because I have this tennis ball
4: mm. and I'm like, oh, boy. digging I'm, it
3: into my back. Where's the back like, pain? Uh, Tell me where your back pain is. <laughs> oh, no. It's like right of the spine. It's like middle middle back, right of the spine, and it's like, this feels Ooh. wonderful. What I'm doing okay. right now is really helping a lot. <laughs> is this like a sciatica type situation? Is this like a... Probably. Uh, I'm not right. going to find out. I'm, I'm going to do you- heard- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hit me up after. You, I'm going to give you a you stretch. <laughs> I'm going to give you a stretch to do, and if it makes you feel better, then it's probably either sciatica or like pseudo sciatica i forget what the other version of it's called it's something like that
4: is there are two diseases once called sciatica one's called just sciatica but fake
1: but fake basically yeah it's <laughs> pseudo sciatica um it's like <clears throat> it's not actual sciatica it's just like um damn you've been sitting a lot <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's definitely of what have. yeah it that's almost certainly was. is <laughs> No. Um, it's also called wallet sciatica or hip socket neur- neuropathy, so, uh. that's, or, uh, deep gluteal syndrome, which one 100% deep. is, damn, you've been sitting on your ass. Deep gluteal. You gotta get up deep sometimes. Deep gluteal syndrome
4: is name of it. it's my nerdcore rapper name, actually. Uh-huh.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's not any less of a condition than other forms of sciatica, but... Uh, I it, I think it's like easier to address with a few stretches, which is what happened to me a few years ago when I got it. I got it when I first moved back to New York uh, and like worked in an office again, which meant like I wasn't I wasn't like walking to and from a, a school campus, you know, two miles every day, and suddenly had to like sit in an office chair the, all day. And also, it was when I first got back to, to it was when I first moved a Giant Bomb, and our studio just had these tall bar stools. We didn't have like chairs and it was like (laughs) that for three or four hours a day and it turns out not good for your back um anyway i hope your back feels better emmanuel thank you for joining us uh and as is as is i think noble and right i want to turn to you first and ask you what have you been playing to keep your mind uh good during even if your butt is not good and your lower back (laughs) is in hell What what have you been up to what are you playing
3: so i think last time i was on um I was saying how uh, when we went into quarantine, a lot of friends who don't necessarily play a lot of video games or any video games in the past few years were asking me what they should pick up. And what I recommended was uh, Warzone, uh, which is the Call of Duty Battle Royale mode that Mm -hmm. is free. And I recommend it because it's free and most people have some experience with Call of Duty, so they probably know how to play it more or less like just right. basically like the moving around and the shooting. And then it's also cross-platform so anyone can play with anyone. And what has happened since is that like a small group of uh coworkers and friends has has bloomed around around Warzone and it's been wonderful. Um we have like a really good regular uh group of people playing um and it's something that I haven't had in a long was time.
1: When's the last time you had like a multiplayer game?
3: So uh <laughs> I guess we were playing uh PUBG there for a bit. Yeah. And I was actually playing with Joel and uh some other people, uh actually some people from the Waypoint community, and that was really wonderful. But I would say that like it's nowhere near the like buy-in that uh we have now from people in the group it's like it's totally a thing where it's like it's 7 p.m Everybody's in the discord server it's like who wants to damn uh, like pick up a group and play and like we're playing every night and uh and i think like that is mostly the the like that's a the big draw is just like oh i can talk to my friends again and i like we're doing an activity together and like we can
1: discuss things that aren't work. Uh, is that, is that, here's, this is my question because, it is about that. Because I know Kato and I have definitely picked up mm-hmm. Valorant as that, as that equivalent game. Uh, but Valorant is not hangout time. Valorant mm-hmm. is Valorant time. Uh, maybe, you, I mean, it's hangout time because it's socialization. It's like other people. Yeah. It's like you can talk through, you know, you, you talk during, between rounds. If someone says something funny in chat, you can like kind of talk mm-hmm. about that. But you're not like, well, how was your day? What's going on over there? Hey, how's that new when, cat of yours? Um, from my
4: experience, when you're playing Valorant, you're mostly saying the names of locations that al- always have weird names.
1: Yes, you're <laughs> always saying you know mid bottom a long a long a long hookah. Yeah. Uh, they're coming through baths or showers, depending on who's on the team. Um, but but I'm guessing yeah. is that not that's not the case with Warzone? You get to actually talk to your friends, or
3: yeah. Uh, well, I would say, first of all, um, that is probably like Warzone is probably a better game to just shoot the shit Yeah. because as you know, from playing PUBG is like, there is downtime, like that's sort of built into the flow of every PUBG game is like, (laughs) oh, we're just parachuting now. And that's a good time to chat. And it's like, oh, we're just like going to hold this house for a bit. And that's a good time to chat. Um, but it's funny that you bring this up because I'm going to like completely flip the script on like, Oh, what a nice social time we're having because (laughs) uh, like the group has evolved. It's like, there was like a period of like, I don't know, four weeks where it's like, Oh my God, we're all playing this game together. And it's like, how fun is this Uh, that we have like a discord server with like 30 people and we're meeting new people and having fun at the same time. Like in the past couple of weeks, I would say definitely a group of us has peeled off and has been like, no, not peeled off from the group. It's just like, we're like, serious
1: like
3: we're we're in it for the win. it's like i don't want to brag but it's like i'm in the top two percentile of uh warzone players globally wow. so uh, what
4: when did this out? happen
3: <laughs> yeah so it's like so, <laughs> yeah so it's like it's really fun to just like uh go in and like chat and have fun but sometimes i'm like okay i need joseph cox and i need uh, of
1: course uh it's joseph tax uh,
3: jordan pearson cuz it's like we need to win today you know what i mean yeah. like,
1: like we need so i like, got to get a win today i got to actually yeah we need a win yeah.
3: and it's like ne- then it's like no talk it's like we 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 are communicating like you know uh actual navy seals it's like we don't have time to talk about what we have for dinner right um, See,
4: this is why i want you sp- especially to get into valorant cuz i feel like you I mean you're a managing editor, right? You have an organized mind when it comes to incredibly specific tasks. So I feel like you <laughs> can really understand the necessity of coordination that comes with that game. I haven't played for mad long and I still can see the map in my brain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the thing that I find that I find interesting is like it's not just it's not just that like communication modes change when you get better at a game like this. Um uh, which this happened to me before PUBG, it had, it's happened for me now with with Valorant um is that you there's like an there's like a curve on how much you talk right like at at the about the game at the beginning you don't talk about the game at all you're just kind of like oh what am i doing uh i guess i see some people you know what's up with your new cat or whatever um (laughs) you're trying to have a conversation you're trying to hang out then as you get more when you get deeper into the game you're like calling out everything you're like I see an enemy coming through B long. They're coming through B long right now. Like, okay, I'm pick I'm switching from uh from this gun to that gun. Okay, I'm like, I'm trying to give as much information as I can to everybody. Um, and that is actually not super it's more useful than not talking about the game at all. But it's less useful than just keeping clear comms unless you are telling someone something very important. Mm-hmm. Uh and like that's like the-, the point at Valorant I'm at now is like it's silent. It's like you are in your yeah. positions. Everyone takes their angles. Everyone knows what they're doing. We're at the point where we're doing what's called defaulting, which is really good, which is just like uh, on, on on attacks. We're not like, but it used to be the case that we were playing Valorant and Kata, you can speak to this. Gita, yeah. even when you were playing with us, you could speak to this. Mm-hmm. We'd be like, all right, let's rush A or let's do like a split B. Now we're like, no, we default. We all pick, we all like go to our spot. We, we gather information for the first 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Yeah. Maybe we try to get a pick. Uh, which is the equivalent of like, getting one kill one quote unquote frag uh and then and then we we devise a play out of the situation, um and that means way quieter comms, yeah, all the information is like very specific, it's very much like I see sage on B, and then it's like, okay, well, if sage is on B, then that means they can't wall a all
4: right it's, let's go ahead yeah it's kind yeah, of i I did actually experience a little bit of something like that when I was playing Spike rush with Heather because there's so many games in a row, you do end up defaulting by the end of it if you play a whole bunch in a row Uh, because you know the small map very well by the end and you can just know where your character should be just by doing it over and over and over again It's exactly the thing you're talking about it's amazing I remember experiencing this also when I was playing more apex where it's just like as soon as you know where you will be and you Mm -hmm. know that map inside and out you know if that person's going in that direction I just need to go over here and you don't need to talk about it (laughs) Yeah. It just needs to happen.
2: There's, um, yeah. I feel like there's a similar arc in fighting games where, as you start to like play fighting games and aren't really, uh, aware of what the neutral game is. You might go in with a plan and try to execute on a specific combo instead of right. trying to find the openings, right? Like this is what default is. It's it's understanding that the neutral game has to be spread across the whole map and not just in one choke point because then you're giving up a lot of. Uh, you you sent over a video actually about this uh, map control um, yes. that uh, you know can get really easy to like get bogged down into when you think when when you get rushed by five people and you're like one or two on one. Uh, site, it can seem like that's a really effective measure, but when the, you play that correctly, you back off. You still have all five of your team, and it's much easier to surround a site with the whole of your team than it is to try to defend five people rushing you on the right. site. Right? Like, there's right. different reactions that you understand when you're playing default than when you think um, when you're when you're like rushing one site, and uh, it's it's been kind of. It's been really great to, like, see the people that I've, I've been playing with, like, pick that up and, like, start... Like, it feels really good when you execute well on the on on that next level of, like, strategy.
1: I also it's, am curious, Emmanuel. A- have you felt the thing of on the way to getting good, you get way worse? Because that's where <laughs> this, like, last... Yesterday was good, but, like, the two days before that, I was just, like, a disaster while playing Valorant in a way that made me kind of demoralized. And it's like, I'm like this because I'm trying new techniques. It's like... When I was growing up, my dad and I would go to the driving range sometimes, and I and and he was a he, my dad lo- loves golf, uh, and uh, he was someone who was like always learning a new swing. And in that period of learning a new swing, he would be miserable at that swing. He would just be ter- no offense, Dad, you'd be terrible <laughs> at that swing. And then you'd in inter- turn then he'd internalize that swing and get better and move on. And then like that is how it feels like to play that. That's how it feels to play a competitive game and slowly get better. Or this specific uh, game, I don't think PUBG was like that for me. I think like we just when, when Patrick and I were playing PUBG basically every night, it was just linear growth. Whereas <laughs> here, I'm like very roller coaster. I'm curious if that's how it is in Warzone or if. You've just kind of felt yourself getting better.
3: There's definitely it's definitely more like the ebb and flow you described where you get really good and then all of a sudden you're really bad while you're trying to learn something new. I think a good example of that is uh snipers at first, for example, are really intimidating. Sure. It's like they seem really difficult to pull off. And then you get good and you're annihilating people. But another way it ebbs and flows is that it's like honestly, uh Call of Duty is like one of the twitchiest shooters out there and i really can't compete on that level and i don't think anyone we play with can compete on that level but the thing that i think we are finding success with and is really fun is that we're kind of just like writing the meta in a a successful way where it's like there's a week where so warzone has uh contracts which are like these missions that you pick up In the game, right? So, like, there's a mission where you pick up the contract and you just have to go around the map and open different boxes and you get loot from the boxes. And if you open all of them, then you get a bunch of money. There's another contract where it tells you approximately where another player is and you can go hunt him for a reward. And then, one of the most interesting things, I think, uh, is a contract that is called Recon, where you go to a point and you hold it for a period of time and that will show you the next circle on the map. So you can do like five of these recon missions in a row and you'll basically see where the final circle of the map Mm -hmm. is. So there was like a week there where like every player in the game, their strategy was to, you know, do all the recons and then go to the last circle and camp it, you know what I mean? It's like, and we, we were like, kind of uh, 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 on the forefront of that meta. And we were like really successful doing that. And then everybody caught on. And then we we figured out another strategy, which is like, oh, we're going to go really aggressive uh, with these uh, bounty hunter missions where you're just like looking for other players and, and and killing them. So it's like, we're not really good. We can't really, we're not phase level headshotting 360 no scope uh, players, but we kind of just see what everyone else is doing and trying to like zig and zag around yeah uh around that and that's that's been really fun i don't know if you can do the same thing in valorant or it's <sighs>
1: too structured for that it's 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 uh, you know each each patch has brought changes and um but but the, the general the general strategy seems fairly set uh what what's changed the most or what's settled has been team comp and i think we've just lucked into having kind of people who play most of the best team, or like the the most required team comp at this point which is sage who is a healer brimstone who can like drop smokes uh his sky smokes will give you all the cover you need as he says um uh then like some sort of an attacker and then who else i i, I think is it breach and there's a fourth like must-have person i'm forgetting who it is and and that's frustrating but but like it turns out we like had that so, comp okay. basically I is is think it, it's a silver cipher it's over right. cipher it's a
2: intel yeah I
1: think base. it might be cipher but I don't remember now but I remember someone said this the other day and I was like oh okay yeah cool I'm glad that we just have people who main all of those four of those five and the fifth one is like a rotation on who do you want to, ha- to be your like duelist character which is a in-game categorization of like attacker basically um and it's like we we do that and then like you know we pay attention to like the way i guess I, maybe the biggest example of this is just like how the fuck do we play this new map that dropped a new map dropped like two weeks ago with the launch of the game or three weeks ago and it was just hell it was just like this is a nightmare to play on i feel like shit every time we play it there's this huge open courtyard in the middle that's impossible to hold or felt impossible to hold and then kato i guess it was before you went on vacation we had that one night where it just yeah. kind of clicked into place and i was like yeah okay this feels good
2: yeah we Um, figured we like ended up figuring out what the sight lines were actually in that big open space and like understanding the different angles in that like really kind of broke it all open because that middle it's so dangerous to walk into that space yeah uh and it it kind of felt like there were too many sight lines but you know once we kind of sat down and took a real hard look at like oh actually from here i'm only i've only got two angles I, i need to watch and yeah that really helped a lot
1: um if i can tie this to another game i know one of us has been playing and and i'm kind of doing something very particular here which is i know we have some chill games to talk about but right now we're in the like action zone we're in the intense (laughs) zone gita i know you've been playing a game that is very action heavy and i'm curious what your arc has been with that in terms of like internalizing the, the, the controls and internalizing the rules and like getting better at it uh do you want to talk to us about hades
4: <clears throat> oh my god. So I don't know what came over me. I was thinking about it, Was it the
1: hot people in the game Hades, the game that's filled <laughs> with fucking hot people? Because that's oh what my god. came over me. Okay.
4: <laughs> They're so, everyone's so hot. And I used to be like way horny for the Greek gods when I was like just hitting puberty. Yeah. We were doing that section in like history class. And then I was like, all these people have sex all the time. <laughs> and I can't stop thinking about sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's just dive into this. Um, but no, I was thinking about our friend Dante Douglas, who now works for Riot Games and has written in various places doing various different things. Um, he was on a charity live stream with me a few weeks ago for Black Lives Matter, and he played a bunch of Hades. And I just over a couple mm. of weeks or that that thought just stayed in my brain. I was like, wonder what that game is like, because I, I bought it when it launched, when it was announced in early access. It's like one of the few games I have in the epic launcher Uh because I got it over there when it was epic exclusive. Right. And um I got it and I was like, at the time, I was like, so I love Super Giant games. I love Transistor. I love um Pyre is one of the best games I've ever played. Pyre's I really so think. fucking good. Pyre is just good on another Pyre Emmanuel. if you don't know. Um it's basically just NBA Jam but with feelings. It's like if NBA Jam <laughs> was a visual novel. Yeah. It's really, really good. <laughs> I Do people not have like feelings it. about NBA <laughs> Jam? There,
1: I have major feelings about NBA yeah. Jam. Pyre's like Yo. NBA Jam if there were ogres, and also you could make the ogres <laughs> sad or happy based on your decisions. So As Bill Clinton, and you're in also
4: it. doing a like a large structural change and revolution towards an oppressed underclass. Yeah,
1: uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Also, it has also one happening. of the best moments of voice acting in. Like, it's it's a, it's a gimmick moment, but it's the fucking coolest gimmick moment in a video game I've ever seen. And that's all I'll say about yeah. that.
4: People yeah. should play Pyre. It's got, it's got an announcer like NBA Jam, except he's got this old-timey, like, like he sounds like an evil British judge, I, think yeah. I
1: would say. <laughs> yeah, which so, I think the NBA should adopt. Uh.
4: Yeah, yeah. And he's rooting against you specifically, which rocks. Like, I love every time you play it. Anyway, Emmanuel, would love it. So, um, Hades is their game that's a roguelike, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's really difficult to describe it as anything else. It's a random rooms, every single run, you get random powers, and you can level up like your character's base skills, but not the, the weapons permanently, right? right? So, you can get more chances to do Death Defied, which is something where if you die, you can um, come back with half health. Uh, and you can level up the amount of like you have these gemstones that you can throw at people, <laughs> and like they do more damage when an enemy is holding a gemstone, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's a lot of moving parts, but basically you are starting a run fresh every single time.
1: And it's like an act. It's like a Gungeon-style thing, which I'm yeah, saying just yes. to tease uh, motherboard EIC uh, Jason <laughs> to come play Hades. Um, <laughs> oh my
4: god. Jason would love hate cuz you can also be so nice to people in Hades. Wow. You would really ind- you can pet a dog in Hades. <sighs> love Jason. to hear it.
1: Love to hear Jason, it.
4: Jason, you can pet a dog. Um but you can also there's a maid named Dusa. Maid Dusa. I'd love her. Um mm. but I <laughs> bounced off it the first time I played this. I thought it was like, wow, for a super giant game, I really couldn't fuck with. But now I feel like I've um I used to just have a really extreme confidence problem when it came to games that were hard and like all things that were hard. I was, you know, a smarter kid growing up, which meant that the things that came easy to me, I leaned into and the things that were, it took any effort at all. I was like, why didn't I just do the things that are easy? Uh, And that took a long time to grow out of and it it extended into video games. And I think pushing myself to play more games that are technical based and play more competitive (laughs) games meant that I wasn't afraid of the sort of gauntlet of Hades, which is that you try (laughs) You eat shit and then you have to try again. Yeah. Like you look at like Transistor, this one, uh, in the codex, you will reveal more parts of character bios based on how much you use different like weapons or talk to certain characters. Um, it's a little bit less sort of plot essential than Haiti than Transistor was. I feel like they figured out how to do this thing. Mm-hmm. But you'll look at the requirements for like how many times you have to talk to someone to get the next part of their Codex entry, and it's like hundreds of times. Oh, holy so you, shit. you get clued in to how many times you will have to eat shit really, really early, and it makes it a lot easier to take. So, wait, so you're now basically I've gotten only, to,
1: Are you only talking to people like once a run, basically?
4: Yeah, you can only talk to each person in the House of Hades once per run. Got you. Uh, and sometimes they will be... Off that day, like sometimes Nix is just not around. Oh yeah, sometimes what is Achilles is can, somewhere else.
1: Can you give me the premise of oh, what yes. this game is?
4: So not only is this game really complicated technically, it's got a really intense, really interesting plot that plays out over the many different runs that you have. Mm-hmm. In fact, it has a god mode if you'd rather just play oh, a sick. million times just to get the plot. It's a god mode where you just get more powerful every time you die. So yeah. You can give that a shot if that's really not, if it's not your jam. Um, but this is about Prince Zagreus, Zag, who uh, is trying to escape from Hades because his dad is a dick and he learned some uh, a family secret that had been kept from him Ooh. and it's made him want to leave forever. And helping him are the gods of Olympus, um, who his mother Nix has tried to uh, reach out to for their aid. So he, in order to leave, he has to defeat the enemies in the ram- ever-randomly changing rooms of Elysium and um, what's the one where people go to where they were basically just fine <laughs> and the one where p- people go to where they were bad. Those three ones. The, I only ever remember the name of the good one. There's one of them um,
1: Tartarus. Tartarus.
4: Yes, Tartarus Alphurus. Alpha
5: they go to alf Alf,
4: yeah the alien alf you go and talk to him for a while and then you go to the (laughs) the the movie elysium that's the last date
5: yep Um,
4: (laughs) Perfect. perfect um but yeah i um so like that sets up the whole like enter the dungeon, random dungeon rooms run thing uh it's it's clever in the way that it, it levels up. I really like all the different kinds of enemies, but I also really like the way that it challenges you to just change up your playstyle all the time. Um you get certain bonuses for using a different weapons. Uh blah blah blah, but like mostly what's fun is seeing the weirdest builds you can make based yeah. on the aid that the Olympian gods give you. So right now, literally I'm right before the first boss and I've The first boss is your ex-girlfriend Megara. And I've now lost her so many times that like other characters in the game have been commenting on it. No, no. (laughs) Besides, like, hey, old Meg's giving you a hard time, huh? I'm like, shut the fuck up, Uncle. Come on.
1: You know that this is a hard relationship for me. (laughs)
4: Yeah. And I've beat her twice, okay? So it's really like it's it's not like I can't do it. Yeah. I just like, listen, she's been being really personal. It's (laughs) getting to me. Um, but it's uh, so right now I have this, I have all these special boons that make my attack um have more damage. Every time I get uh hit by something, I cast weak on the other enemies, are you know, like around me, making them more vulnerable. And I also have turned my my cast ability into like a heat seeking death arrow. Okay, um, and on top of that, I have Poseidon's call ability, which means when I get a certain level of d- amount of damage in a level, I can press F and I will turn into like a, a a watery wave of death, essentially. I'm impervious to enemies and I can just kind of run into them to hurt them. Awesome. Um, and then on top of that, I got... I leveled up my special. I'm using the the boxing gloves also, which I've been finding really really fun. So I've got um. There's a bunch of really wacky weapons in this game. Like there's a sword and there's a spear and there's a shield, like basic stuff. But then you get like the boxing gloves, uh, and then you get the like actual just literal gun. Like there's just a gun <laughs> in this
1: game. Listen, gods don't fuck around.
4: Well, so there's a gun in this game, and the Egyptians made it. Don't at me. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> uh It's the gun. Like the gun is one of the better and more fun weapons to play too. Like it's uh, really good at crowd control because uh, you can hit everything from a distance. And then its special move is that you can send like a little rocket to a certain area. So it has like a little delay. So if you have a bunch of enemies coming towards you, you can very easily lead them into that pathway and then mow down the stragglers. Um, this is a game about ancient Greece. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh,
1: <laughs> it sounds great. Uh, I I will say like I have wanted to play this game. I'm waiting for it to come out of of early access. It's still in early access, mm-hmm. right? It's like nearly mm-hmm. done. But um, yeah, the, well, said, um, I
4: have a the patch notes. I just Emmanuel, if you're talking, I cannot hear say you. Say
1: again.
3: Sorry, no. Go ahead. Can you not hear me? No, we can hear you oh, now. I can you I hear you now. Okay. Uh, I was just gonna say, why are we waiting? Because I'm I'm waiting as well for it to leave early access.
1: Because I don't. Because um, I know if I play it in early access, I won't play it when it comes out I won't I, I will it, like it be like oh happen. yeah cool game and then and then yeah. won't come back to it because <laughs> that's what happens I to mean me yeah in early access I
4: didn't games. play it for like two years right like y- I yes. I haven't played it since it came out on early access but I looked and actually they're saying that the last major update uh has for the last major update has already come out and it's basically just a countdown till they were saying like late June they'll have more information on version 1.0. So, All right, well maybe like any day now basically <laughs> you know um, you're gonna be able to play this game I will say at its current state it feels really complete right. I've heard what they're just putting in or according to their own patch notes what they're putting in is endgame stuff a couple of more aspects for the weapons and eventually you'll be able to turn your weapons into different forms of the same weapon have different abilities really that there's sounds so many good. moving every time you for. think that you have like a, a handle on what's happening the game throws you exactly the right wrench. Yeah. It is it complicates itself at exactly the right time. I feel it, like I, I have been waiting very well.
1: for this game in a more general sense for a long time. Because this style of like top-down action roguelike is really cool, but the things on offer in this space, I don't think have ever really spoken to me. Like I know people love Binding of Isaac. It's just not my aesthetic. Same thing with with Gungeon. Like Gungeon seems cool. I never I never got deep into Nuclear Throne because I was so bad at it. And I know that if I had stuck with it, I probably would have gotten into it better. Um, and then I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Even what what else is like that? What else fits in that? Recently, I recently, literally two days ago, I started playing this game called West of Dead, um, which is it's it has a really cool mechanic and the action feels fucking great. Uh, Also, Ron Perlman is the main character, which is sick. Um, You're like Western Ghost Rider. You're like a dude with a flaming skull head and like a cool red like cape uh, in the wild – in the undead Wild West, I guess. Um, And it's like a twin stick shooter, um, but you're – and so you play with a a controller. I guess you could play with mouse and keyboard, but I was playing with a controller. Um, And the big big mechanics are that one, you can take cover behind like – you know, ancient sepulchers and stuff, uh, not ancient, but you know, ancient, if they feel ancient, even though they are presumably not that old because it takes place during the wild west and they ain't ancient sepulchers of this, of this build in these locations. Um, but you, the big thing is that like you are, there's almost like a lock on with the combat and you have guns and the guns, um, the rifle like gets more accurate and does more damage. If you hold down the right trigger, um, you're like, there's a dodge button and it's, it's very like, It's Some of the combat feels very John Woo. Some of the combat feels very, like, I'm going to dodge behind this coffin and hide behind it. I'm going to slide behind this wall. I'm going to, like, bounce from one piece of cover to another. And that's, like, a different – and it's all very, very fast-paced. So it's a a lot different than what I expected in terms of, like, the gameplay. And I like it, but I I actually don't think that the – I think the perspective is not very good. Um, I think, like, it's it's not super good at, like, communicating the space. I don't know that the maps are that exciting – um, and so Hades has like defaulted to the one of these that I'm super excited about because I love how it looks. And because it's giant. I bet I will love the world and the voice acting and everything else. Um, and so I am I have been kind of waiting for one of these, been waiting for one of these yeah. for years now. And um, what it sounds like it'll be out soon, like fully.
4: Yeah, my thing with, with Supergiant is they always trick me into playing a type of game I never thought <laughs> I would like to play. Totally. With... Um, with Pyre, it was like a sports game. Once I understood it was NBA Jam, it became easier. Yeah, and they were yeah. like really, really hyping the sports game level of this, and that wasn't quite my thing. And Transistor, I, I mean, that kind of gameplay was just very foreign to what I was playing at the time. Right. I don't think I can't remember the name of the first game because I'm with Sleepy Gita that's been packing quite uh, a Bastion.
1: bit. Bastion.
4: Bastion, yeah. yeah, Bastion. I don't think I would have tried unless it had gotten the Kaiser reviews that it had yeah. gotten from so many different kinds of outlets. Um. And Hades, yeah, I I did have not played any of the games you just mentioned. And this uh, roguelikes are not really my kind of thing, but they managed to figure out how to tell a narrative story, like through a roguelike, which is really, really cool. Um, the voice acting art and the character signs are amazing. I have to say it's really funny that all the all the Olympian gods are basically different. They all kind of have different kinds of posh British accents. Ugh. It's very, very funny. Uh, Artemis has a very, like, lower-jaw-in, received pronunciation, um, whereas, like, um, God, like, Poseidon almost sounds Australian. It's like he's trying too hard to be gregarious. It's so funny. Um, And then the voice lines are all, like, very... They're like messy people, too. So they're always in contention with each other. Some rooms that you'll get, you'll have to choose one god's boon over the other. And then the other god will send a whole bunch of very hard to defeat enemies that have their boons against you. Um, And if you win, you get both boons. But if you you will, you usually will lose. You usually will lose to one of them. It's, it's, I... I love it. I mean, it's also perfectly suited to packing, right? Because you can do one run and then be like, okay, I'll pack for another hour. Yeah, I no. haven't been doing that. I haven't been doing that at all. But, <laughs> but,
1: but you can tell yourself <laughs> theoretically, that Theoretically. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. God. Well, yeah. it sounds good. I can't wait for it to come out. Um, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll dial things down a little bit and, and talk about some games that are maybe a little bit more chill. Uh, so, we will BRB. And we are back uh, with our new our our second segment today. Games you gotta play to chill the fuck out. Though actually, I don't know if I'm. I might be speaking too quickly, uh, Emmanuel. Maybe I'm. I'm guessing that SnowRunner is the Snow Runners. Snow Runner.
3: Snow Runner. Yes, and I would say it is uh, like ninety percent chill and ten percent. I am rage quitting out of this game and perhaps uninstalling it. Um, oh. But it's mostly chill and good. Uh, I, I like it a lot. It is...
2: It's got to be at least a little chilly, right? There's snow.
3: Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, ironically, it's like the game is called Snow Runner, and it's a sequel to this game called Spin Tires, which is oh. uh, a lot like... Have you played Spin Tires?
2: No, nah, I've just seen a stream or two of Spin Tires. <laughs> so I know what it is. Right. And it's...
3: Yeah, so it's like a game. It's kind of like the Euro Truck Simulator slow game genre. (laughs) And uh, it's about like, hey, drive this uh, truck from point A to point B. But most of the way there is through a very cut up, muddy road. So uh, sometimes you're driving normally and sometimes it takes you like 20 minutes to uh, drive like half a mile because you're... Uh, spinning your tires <laughs> in deep, wet mud. And uh, a lot of effort went into simulating the look and physics of the mud, which is like the core of the game. It like really matters uh, what kind of tires you have and how you're positioning them and uh, what kind of tools and like uh, trucks and engines you have to to get out of those situations. But I played this game for like, I don't know, probably 20 hours. You're and damn- it's like... I. I can go to the area of the game that has snow, but it's like I am still like in the Michigan uh, map, which is not snowy um, because it's a very large game. And I'm like uh, obsessively going through it, trying to like do everything. So I'm not quite at the snow part. So Um, I have a question
1: because I I watched (laughs) a little gameplay footage of this. I watched Alex Navarro over at Giant Bomb play some of this. Is this a post-apocalyptic game? Why aren't there any – where is everyone? Where is Dude. the infrastructure? All the roads have been destroyed. But they're all muddy. Not all of them, but many of them. And there is no one else driving anywhere but you and your big truck that I've seen. Is there a premise to this game that makes it – That explains that? Or is this just the sort of like abstract fantasy of being being the one with the truck in the world where the truck will save you? <laughs> yeah. Is it me? is. Dude, it is post-apocalyptic. I've always wanted to be
4: the one with the truck in the world Which, where the truck would save me. Yeah. Uh huh. That's,
1: just, That's also saying. my summary of Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <Fuck>. <laughs> Yo, the first time I saw Big Trouble in Little <sighs> China, it was after I stayed up all night watching the entire first season of Twin Peaks. Oh, perfect, so, a perfect wow. mix. <laughs> really amazing. Really amazing time.
3: Uh, Austin, you really cut to the to the heart of it because <laughs> it, it is it is post apocalyptic in in many ways and like one way is that I've actually conned a few people into like downloading and playing this game and what I said was it's like oh did you enjoy Death Stranding and they right. said like yes I really enjoyed it and I was like well this is Death Stranding with a truck okay um, w- which is truck it, stranding. Right, yeah, truck stranding, and it's really it is really like that in every way it's both uh it's like that in like the moment to moment where it's like death stranding at the end of the day is a game about like I am going up this hill and I have to consider like every step and how I'm positioning my body and like what I'm carrying, and it's like this game is exactly that only with a truck um but it's it is also post apocalyptic in the sense that it's like I don't know if you've played any of the like the kind of Eastern European simulator uh, slow games that I'm describing, but like, like a um, farming simulator, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way those games open is just like no intro, no nothing. It's like, here's the game and you're in it. And right. it's like, right. No tutorial. It, no, right. Figure it out. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And I don't think that's like a, 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 a very deliberate design decision. It's just kind of like messy that way.
1: Um, you don't think you so it's that like a, a a school of design that's like, hey, this is what we enjoy. I think
3: to a degree mm-hmm. it's like let's just get to the simulation and figure it out. but there's also like a lot of um, the game doesn't stop and explain like, oh, this icon represents uh lumber right. So when you see this uh, understand that like this is what the lumber looks like. Its just like you kind of figure that out by trial and error. Mm-hmm um and i don't know it just feels more like um ui trouble and like tutorial uh text uh issues more than it does like uh we want the player to like slowly figure this out for themselves it's like a mix of both i think um anyway but like this game opens and it's like you're in michigan and it's like there was a flood and now you're driving the truck around to like supposedly like pull this small Michigan rural town out of out of this crisis um but it's like there's no other people there's no named characters it just it's it's not like hey here's farmer bob and farmer bob needs you to deliver his food to town it's just like everything is like there's four units of uh <laughs> steel and they need to go from point a to point b and there's no explanation or anything and it's like it does look post apocalyptic and like everything is destroyed the roads are destroyed the town looks like a mess um and I thought it would be cool to like slowly, like one of the most fun things about Death Stranding is that you're delivering things, but as you're delivering things, you make delivering things easier, right? right? Like right. you're building an infrastructure uh, that makes it easier. Uh, and he, there's some of that here in the sense that it's like, there's a mission to build a bridge and then you can drive over the bridge, which is great, but it's, like, it's very small things. It's not like, like the town is always flooded,
1: and the roads are always ruined, right? And it's it's weird never going to become a Euro Truck Simulator, like it's never going no. to like, wow, we did it, we built a, a national highway system, and now we can just easily go from point A to point B. Yeah,
3: and it's also like one of the so there's like there are like timed challenges, challenges which are like one type of activity in the game, and there is like these small like go from point A to point B. Missions, but then there's like uh multiple part missions in every area, and uh and those are seem to be like the like the tentpole uh missions or activities in in the game, and like the first big one is like build this oil rig, like help us drill for oil in Michigan, which seems like not first
1: priority. No, something you would <laughs> do after, after like the this. flood destroys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, disaster uh, capitalism being what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yes, we will send uh, you supplies. Also, we need your oil rights, your, your resource rights.
3: Yeah. Uh. But but overall, it's been great. I know that you're a big fan of uh uh games where uh carefully laid plans like go horribly. Oh, you wrong. do know that about me, yeah. And and this is like the most of that that I've experienced. There's like, um, actually, like when you're trying the last leg of uh this like oil rig mission is you have to take the drill from one part of the map all the way across it. And you have to go through paved road and you have to go through muddy roads and across rivers uh, with your truck half submerged. Uh-huh. And it's like, you really have to build up to that moment, both in terms of like, okay, I need these kind of tires. I need um, a, a, a strong winch. I need a crane. You need all this stuff. And then you kind of accumulate that by like, doing other missions, collecting money, getting the stuff you need. And then like you carefully have to plan out your uh way to the place where you need to deliver the drill, because it's like, it's later, the truck is literally so big that it's not going to be able to, t- to make some turns or like go Jesus. through some roads. And it's like, I've spent like, I don't know, altogether, like, I don't know, three hours, like planning and building up to this moment. And then on the last uh turn my truck just tipped over and the drill no. fell off and it was stuck in the mud and it was like <laughs> okay um. calm down it's like it's gonna be all right i'm just gonna get another truck no and, like help pull the, that truck out of the mud and it's like i spent another 20 minutes like going out getting a truck driving it to that location and as i'm trying to winch the fallen truck out of the mud my new truck my rescue truck also no. tipped over. And i now have two trucks tipped over in the ditch and it's just like the game is basically that right it's like right
1: yeah i so i've been watching gameplay as you've been talking and there is i so far the the person who i'm watching has been like doing fine as we get up just got stuck in the fucking swamp um the they each time that they get stuck my entire all my muscles seize. like my back just completely clenches (laughs) i feel like deep anxiety seeing the truck sink into the mud and being like How are you going to get out of this one? Just hurts me. So I think it's – I've always been someone who's like, I can watch someone play this game. and Or actually, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I would be better playing this game than watching it. Because seeing it and not being able to, like, help or, like, try to (laughs) affect change is really, really stressful to me.
4: I find with games like this, even if you suck while you're playing it, at least that tension is gone. So you, like, know – what happened that caused this person to get stuck in the mud right and so you're not just like let me help let me help let me Please. help let me help you
1: <laughs> and also how can i even help this is a nightmare situation um yeah. so wait how is the how is the snow part have you, you you're not even gone you're not even checked out the snow area
3: I've I've tried it a little bit, but honestly, I feel like you know I need to put some chains on my tires. I don't know if you've yeah. ever driven in like very snowy sure. parts of the country, but it's like that when snow season is here, you have to put your chains on. And it's like I live I, in Canada, I don't quite so the, I know that's a whole yeah. Culture. There you go.
0: Yeah.
3: Right, so it's like I don't quite have the gear for that, mm-hmm. um, but I think I'll stick with it and do it. I will say um, as a tip to people who want to try it, and also as a tip for life in general. Um, it's like, if you're in the mud spinning your wheels for like half an hour, like, you're probably doing the wrong thing. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, yeah, back out and try something else. It's, like, it's not it's going
1: it's to just, gonna just like, suddenly go well. Right, right. You can't just force it. I
4: really needed to hear that right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, I think that's like, <laughs> I think that's a good, I think that's like, a, one of the things that makes these games really good from from watching them is that like, these are not despite being games about trucks they treat trucks as nuanced tools and not as big I mean you you are brute forcing yourself your way through you know the mud a lot you're like you're doing things that other cars couldn't do but when you hit a dilemma the solution is what tools do I have at my disposal how do I look at the, the like the geo the geometry and geology around me differently is this is this entire thing like busted because I forgot to measure twice cut once and, like I was just gonna wing it on my way to the you know the oil derrick build site or whatever, and instead I should have looked at my map and plotted out a route, and like that stuff is cool to me i like I like games where preparation is rewarded and and, and stuff like that, so yeah i'm you know I'm also like embarrassed to say
3: this, but it's like I am more <laughs> like cognizant of like trucks now, wow <laughs> <So> it's like, <laughs> wow. It's like <laughs> the game has um uh these like you know when it's loading or something it just it's like giving you trucks facts truck you tips, know
1: truck t- Tru- yeah, truck truck
3: facts. no like tr- tr- facts like it's just like hey this is how many people in america uh have jobs that are like directly about driving trucks or and it's like and this is how many like i don't know things uh trucks do in our society like deliver food and whatever and it's just like i mean a it's true where it's just like driving trucks is a huge part of our economy yeah. And then I don't know. I'm outside and I'm seeing like the truck like roll up to my uh, grocery store and delivering food. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah you and me. <laughs> that's a a that's a nice truck. And then I'm like, yeah, like I'm I'm nodding like I know what's up. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, yeah, we got
1: this. We're the ones who make yeah. this economy go, aren't we? Yeah, dude. People you people, people don't see us, but we're yeah. here. Yeah.
4: yeah,
1: you're an essential worker too. You know that's right. Yeah. God. Yeah. Fucking damn it. Uh, well, uh can I here here can I pitch you the the kind of slow game du jour for me? Uh and, and y'all can tell me if if this is more or less stressful. Um there's a game that just came out called Hard Space Shipbreaker. It is in early access. Wait, that came out. Uh, that's in early access, oh, yeah. Uh huh. Um,
4: everything happened while you were gone. Yeah, you left <laughs> and now.
1: Now it's it's time to cut up spaceships. Yeah. A hard Space Shipbreaker, ship uh, which is a name, I guess, <laughs> uh, is by Blackbird Interactive, which is the developer of Homeworld and Homeworld Deserts of Karak. And I believe it takes place in that universe, which is like a kind of cool sci-fi space opera universe. Space opera is probably wrong. It's a little more hard sci-fi than that. Um, and it is a game about being deep, deep, deep in debt. So one, very relatable. <laughs> um, you are a, um, a ship breaker. You are you – are, okay, do you remember in the beginning of uh, Star Wars um, – uh, what was the game that came out last year? Jedi Fallen Order. You are someone mm-hmm. who, who in that game like takes ships and cuts them up into little pieces and like turns around their parts and blah, blah, blah. That's what you are in this. Except instead of doing it on a big world where there's like a big junk scrapyard and you're working with a bunch of other people, it is just you and space – in orbit around the Earth, uh, and then a bunch of, um, or like I guess one big ship at a time, basically. Uh, and you have a few tools to do your your business. Um, one is you have a spacesuit that has a backpack, like a jetpack on it, that lets you kind of move around in in, in 3D space. Um, you have a grapple gun um, that is like kind of like a it feels like a bungee cord almost it feels like a bungee cord gun that you could shoot out and then grab the like grab a piece and like toss it around but it's not very at least at first it's not like a particularly um strong pull so you're not like you're not grapple hooking your way around you're not very easily moving things around in 3D space or anything like that um you have a cutting laser and eventually you have a cutting laser that can uh, and pretty quick, actually, that can split into kind of like a vertical beam or a horizontal beam that kind of like goes like, bzz, like a buzzsaw, basically, in both directions. Um, and your job is to approach these ships. You you kind of have these – you get a contract from this – okay. Actually, let me, let me just back up because this game has an incredible opening. The opening of the game is you like in your apartment that has the sounds of like a cyberpunk dystopian cityscape around you and you're looking at your computer screen, and your computer screen is like, you got an email from the shipping company, the, the Lynx company, the shipbreaking company. You got an offer to join. Do you want to take it? And you just hit like, yes. Uh, and they're like, alright, cool. To agree, um, here are the terms. Like, you're going to go in debt, about a million dollars to them. <laughs> it might even be a billion. It's like some outrageous amount of money uh, just for the opportunity to work for them. Uh, you have to agree to never join a union or any sort of other labor organization. You have to agree to vote for this particular candidate in the next election, uh, and like a bunch of other like drug use, you know, uh, uh, you know, demands and blah, 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 blah. Um, and and you're like, yeah, I guess sign me up. This is the shitty world I live in now. Um, and then you're immediately put in this tutorial where you are floating high above ab- above the earth in a sort of the equivalent of a space dry dock, right? So there is a giant uh, – a pair of giant incinerators on either side of you, a pair of kind of giant hallways that go to a processing plant, and then below you, a kind of open barge that has a kind of a stasis field in the middle. I think of like a big rectangle with like green matrix of lasers uh, running through it. And Then in front of you is a big spaceship. Um, and your job is to safely or safely as you can approach that spaceship. Uh, figure out the way to get into it and carve it into little pieces in the most profitable way possible there are certain things that are worth more than other things in a spaceship. So for instance, the raw like um, you know aluminum that makes up the shape the, the spaceship's shell is not as valuable as the nanocarbon uh, like armor that goes around it, right? And so part of your job is like, well, how do I separate the nanocarbon from the aluminum? And the answer is you have to find cut points. And to do that, you have to go into this like very cool different vis- vision mode that can scan everything and it goes into like – extremely like not even tron but like you know late 80s early 90s like 3d visioning thing where everything is kind of flat shades the the structural elements are are orange the places you can cut are yellow it's very pretty um and then you're like okay well i can just go in there and just cut those like wait a second is the ship pressurized because if it's pressurized (laughs) Then you, if you try to just cut in the side of it, it's going to quickly depressurize and everything that's inside is going to rush out and slam you in the head and maybe kill you. Don't do that because then you'll need to get another clone. And if you get another clone, you're going to owe the company even more money because clones are very expensive. Um, uh, so then you're like, OK, well, then let me just go to the airlock. Let me check out the airlock. And you're like, oh, bad news. The airlock is fucked. <laughs> the airlock is actually like busted on this model. Uh, and so you have to figure out a way to cut safely – to get the depressurization as if you're creating your own airlock. And maybe you can find a part of the cabin that's already depressurized And make sure there's a hole there and then make the the depressurization happen in that part. But also if you do that, maybe the ship spins a little bit because of the the rapid depressurization. And you got to be careful of not getting hit and thrown off course. And you better make sure that you you have your fuel levels up because if you get knocked far away, you can like get thrown so far away that you're burning fuel on your way back and end up being stuck in space and needing to try to like grapple and push your way back to the refueling station, which is terrifying um but eventually what you get is and, and for you know I'm describing things going wrong but for the most part what you get is the wonderful joy of seeing a thing and slowly cutting it into little pieces taking it apart being like oh you know what this glass is worth more money if I cut it away from the cockpit and send that to the furnace instead of just sending the whole thing into the processing plant where like, yes, they'll get the computers, but they're just going to throw this glass away. Um, and so you just get this just incredible. It's almost like the it's if it, the feeling to me is a lot like building something, even though what you're doing is taking something apart. Mm. Um, it's very much like the sense of building Legos or a model, but it's like, it's like the the same thing as like building a gun plot or something in that what you're doing is paying a lot of attention to the way things are connected and the way things are like put together in specific ways. Um, and then you're also working with a set of tools that are not perfect. And that is really fun where you're like, all right, I'm floating in 3D space. I have this cool cutting laser, but I can't get it like – You're not ever going to just be like bop, bop, bop. You're never going to draw a perfect square with it. But you might get close enough. And that weirdness is so good because what you end up being left with is um, at the the end of any given thing, you have all these extra parts kind of floating around. So you may have spent two or three in-game days taking this thing that was once, you know, a passenger ship. Cutting off the big engines on the side, sending those to get melted down for their raw material, going through the the cockpit and slowly pulling out the computer and sliding it away, grabbing the reactor core. And you only have a few – you have like a minute or something to get the reactor core safely into stasis because otherwise it explodes. And so you have to make sure that you've like cut a nice pathway for yourself through this ship down to the the stasis barge or whatever uh, and, and get that – put away safely and then finally you're left with just like the damn shell of the thing you're left with like again the nano the nanocarbon armor on the sides um and and you have one of my favorite tools in this game are, are these tethers that you get which are these kind of blue lasers um that you can you connect from a piece of the ship to another piece of like the area so you can like shoot one next to the furnace or into the, the core of the processing plant and then connect it to Part of the ship that has been loosened or like re- the the connection to the rest of the ship has been removed, but it hasn't moved yet because it's space and it's just kind of free floating and so you just like connect two or three tethers to that thing and watch it like bungee its way across space into the into mm-hmm. the barge that you're that you're putting everything into, and that just feels good um and then you're just left the, the moment that just made me feel so good was getting all of that stuff pulled away and then seeing just It looks like a container, like a shipping container, because, like, that's, like, the heart of the cabin on this ship is just some aluminum beams, some titanium, and just being like, you know what? Put that whole fucking thing in the furnace. Strap five tethers to that thing. Pull it through space because it's so heavy. And just see it just go in there and, like, that's it. It's gone. There used to be a thing here. Now there's nothing here. It feels so good to see that happen. Uh, like it's a cleansing experience. It's like taking the best shower <laughs> in the world to like have a spaceship, and then the spaceship is gone after 45 minutes of of you know working on it. Basically, um, uh, it is also in early access, like I said. But like, oh, it's so good. I, I people should at least look up some gameplay footage because it is it is a, such a unique thing. Um, and and they've nailed it tonally. They've nailed it visually. It's it's so fucking good um
2: that sounds how much of the
5: sounds good
1: thank you thank you for letting me how much of the
3: homeworld stuff narrative like do you see because i'm actually like i love the
1: i love the homeworld fiction it seems pretty i i I don't think that it's i don't i don't think that it's a big thing at this point because in fact it it must not be right because the whole thing with homeworld is that you've lost earth right it
3: is but it's like the way they've built that over like uh homeworld one and two and the expansion pack is like they 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 find it again like do they go back
1: well then okay well then, then then yeah i'm not sure right like there is a big shipping company that you work for there are characters who talk to you there's a character who's like your handler who you talk who uh talks to you i think it's like again it i i expected to come into this with the thing you talked about with the farming sim vibe of like all right here you go time to Kick it off, and you're just you're just doing the damn thing. get in there and start pulling these fuel canisters out or whatever um uh but instead i i you get this like really nice narrative intro and and you kind of get a sense of the stakes in the world and and kind of the way this is for everyone else who who does this job. uh you definitely hear that like the last guy who did this you know. Uh, or not the last guy. Your mentor used to do your job, but then something happened with one of his clones, and now he can't do it anymore. He's like, "Oh, unless less we talk mm-hmm. about that, the better." And I'm like, I, "How did your clone break so bad? What? What do you mean?" <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's, it, it's going to give you like the full narrative experience. But they're I would say that they're able to bring to bear their storytelling techniques, or their like, their ability to create a space that feels like a world. You know, Um, Uh, I really I really I'm really enjoying it. It's a really fun way to wind down and just like take a cutting laser to a big spaceship and start moving through its different cabins (laughs) and get a sense of
4: Who doesn't want to take a big cutting laser to a spaceship and start moving through its cabins.
1: That's what I'm saying. I
4: can't think of anyone that doesn't want that. Me
1: either. Um, Excited to try it. (laughs) Kato, I know you've also been. Yeah, you y'all should you all should give it a look. It's it is it is at least watch a stream. Um I know friend of the site Will Smith has been streaming it because I opened up Steam the other day and it was like, "Hey, here's your friend Will Smith streaming <laughs> this game." And I was like, "Word? Is that did he say yet yeah? did, did is that just happening? What's going on here?" Um
4: different Will Smith, but someone did just drive past my apartment like 2 days ago blasting getting jiggy with it. Shout out to that person.
1: To Thank you. Shout
4: out to that person. <laughs>
1: um kato i this is a this is a, i think an, another kind of chill yeah. game experience i mentioned this earlier that you've become a hanafuda master apparently a hanafuda
2: master the game told me to so so it must be true uh Damn. so i went i was on vacation um we went me and uh my wife went up to a airbnb for a couple days to get out of the city and i brought my switch Fucking forgot my charging cable. Cause otherwise I probably would have ended up paying Hanafuda the whole weekend, but I didn't. <laughs> Only played it for like four hours and totally drained the fucking battery. But um I went back into the um oh, I forget. Worldwide Worldwide Classics Clubhouse Clubhouse Games. Fifty one Worldwide Classics is the title. Um and started to pick through a couple of the other games. Uh specifically uh, Aura hack on Twitter, uh, made this shit post the other day, replacing the word Barracuda with Hanafuda from, uh, wait, who is that? What band is that?
1: The song Barracuda? The song
2: Bar- yeah. It's Heart, Heart, right? Heart, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, which was very funny. Uh, but then I was like, you know what? I actually haven't tried Hanafuda out and it's, you know, it's always, people always mention it as like, it's one of the things, earliest things that Nintendo published, you know? They have those cards. Um, and it turns out it's super fun and like very addicting and I love it so much. Um, it's essentially, um, kind of a card matching game. There's 12 suits and each suit has four cards and each suit is like a different month basically. Uh, and they have various scenes that you would associate with that month. Like February has cherry blossoms and, um, essentially what you do is you have a hand and then you have some cards out in front of you between you and your opponent and uh, you can pick up cards to add them kind of to your collected pile uh, if they're from the same month but in order to make hands that give you um, uh, uh, points they're actually those are actually kind of unrelated they' they're made up for, of, of cards from different piles so like each set of four for each month will have, two kind of what is called chaff, which is just, like, nothing cards, throwaway cards. You can technically get one point if you collect ten chaff, and that's kind of, like, the baseline, the lowest uh, hand you can make. Then there's um, an option of, like, uh, they're either called seeds or um, some of them have animals on them, and, like, that's kind of, like, the second tier of cards that you can collect and, like, make a a, a, a hand of five of those to get points. And then there's some other like kind of more specific hands where you combine certain seas with certain uh, uh, other ones called lights, which is like the moon. Um, there's one that with a lantern on it. And I'm not sure what I think the other one's the sun. And then there's one that I can't really re- decipher what the light is in it, but it's uh, like a scene of a pond or something. Um mm-hmm. But so it's it's interesting because you can only get those cards by using cards from the same suit in order to kind of collect them. But you're trying to make uh, you're trying to make uh, groupings that are outside of each, each suit. Um, and the again, like I mentioned the first time, I mentioned the Clubhouse games. The like uh, different assists and stuff made it really easy to kind of pick up and play on like a base mm-hmm. level and like skip right to the like. All right, I'm past trying to memorize 12 different suits of cards that I don't, I cannot still tell a, apart from sight because the game is doing that part for me. And I'm to the point of, of being like, okay, now that I don't have to worry about like actually picking out like, wait, is that the right suit to make a match? It's like, okay, these are the matches I can make with this hand right now. What, which one is my best option to kind of collect the the things I need to make, to get good points. Right? Um, mm-hmm. And I just yeah I got deep into a hole um, uh, Monday night and ran out my switch my switch battery which apparently yeah. it's a good for like four hours of Hanaf like serious Hanafuda play, um, but I hit master. I, this is the first game that I mastered. Uh, each game comes with four difficulties: normal, hard, challenging, impossible. And I was able to beat the impossible AI in Hanafuda in those four hours, uh-huh. um, which was which felt great. Nice. But also Congrats to you. Don't forget your switch charger when you go away a place. Yeah. I literally, I wrote a tweet about this. Just, just like this. I taught, I like you know, you grab it off the dock, you toss it in your case. You're like, perfect. Yep. That's it. That's the that's switch. It.
1: That's all I need. <laughs> nope. Not, not well, if you want to play some more
2: is, time. <laughs> yeah. If
1: you here's my suggestion to you is get another USB C cable yeah. and just put that in your bag at all times. Yeah, that's because really then you what could need always to charge it off a laptop or off of you know uh, uh, even like a I think like an iPhone like. Or like a you know, wall-mounted USB yeah, yeah. block thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Totally.
2: I need to get one of those extras and just leave it in the case so that I just leave always it have case. it. <laughs> That's what I do enough, with all my least. other like electronics. I have an extra like floater mm-hmm. cable that I keep on whatever bag I'm usually using. Um, but yeah, it was a very chill and great time playing Hanafuda for many hours. Nice.
1: <laughs> um, Kato, I, I would be remiss not to bring up the other important thing that you were yeah. supposed to talk about. We wanted to talk oh, about last yeah. week. Oh, yeah. Uh, the chillest of all of all chill games uh-huh. uh rob isn't here to stop you <laughs> destiny 2
2: oh destiny is good again is it uh yes Hello. it is <laughs> here's the thing I okay, you. it's good just... it's good to me to okay. me so That's all that matters uh, to
1: me Kata. yeah
2: right it's so um they're back to a f- kind of form of storytelling and uh uh mission design that they used back in shadow keep um okay. where each week there's a new kind of quest line that has different bits of you know there's like a opening mission and there's some a little bit of grinding bits in the middle that aren't too bad and then there's like a an ending mission that gives you a new set of lore and all right. of this is voiced they have um basically the story right now is that the the, the darkness the the uh, unknowable, like, evil, supposedly, that caused the collapse of society and left humanity living in, in one city on Earth uh, when they used to span, you know, the entire solar system with uh, different colonies and stuff. Which um, I
1: have my doubts about, but we'll save that. <laughs> uh,
2: right, like... I have some theory. I have some theory. Oh, okay, hold on. Let me just explain what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The darkness uh-huh. is yep. back.
1: I'm excited. It is
2: it is in 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 these form of these like pyramid-looking ships. Uh we got a glimpse of the first one of those uh back at the end actually the end of Destiny 2 like the main campaign two fucking years ago showed us an image of a pyramid ship like from a distance. Um and so they've been making a long journey to our solar system, and they're here now. Um, And immediately, uh, (laughs) there's all sorts of great moments because basically what's happening is um, we're getting Eris Morn, you know, uh, favorite, uh, you know, darkness soothsayer. Yeah. uh, Uh And the Drifter, who is a more recent character who also kind of dabbles in the darkness, but mostly in order to, like run scams and get money <laughs> like
1: um, is that his deal because i like i know he did the yeah okay, so i didn't like, know what Gambit, his game was yeah no
2: it it, it definitely r- feels like uh it's just like him getting by he's like getting engrams and like getting it's like his way of getting power is like through manipulating the darkness and getting guardians to kind of fight each other um, and he's figured out a good scheme there. And, like, that's uh-huh. kind of his character, too, is, like, this fast-talking con man. And you're getting them because they've had experiences with the darkness kind of being the f- the point people for this expansion, which right. com- is some pretty fun, like, interactions, having the, like, really kind of verbose and, like, slow-talking Eris Moore and like... Throw shade at the drifter in certain ways, where he's like, it's it's, it's a good they, they have a good chemistry. Um, so those parts have been fun, where like the new um there's a new um uh what's it called a public event that is kind of like the main focus the 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 main repeatable activity uh in this season and um it's basically the drifter setting up one of his pods that collects darkness energy under so you're 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 dunking motes of darkness the way you would in gambit but come right. kind of out in the open world and there's cool. like increasing levels of uh difficulty and a couple of special mobs that like are a side objective to make it turn to a, a heroic uh version which makes it even harder and You you get better rewards the the kind of normal stuff you expect from uh public events but uh kind of pushed to the nth degree like they're the the last like tier of the like there's like four levels of difficulty and like the last tier is kind of almost at the like level max which you usually don't see in public spaces because they want to mm-hmm. keep those spaces available oh, but to, to everybody
1: yeah sure yeah so
2: like someone low enough level walks around and like they're just gonna get got by these things walking around but um it's 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 um it's fun and you know it's difficult in the right way where you're like you're, you're not completely locked out if you're not max level, but, uh, if you've been keeping up, you like, you can still, uh, engage with it. And, um, at the end of the quest lines, there's also a moment that you have where one of the pyramid ships is parked on IO, which is the last place before earth that the traveler started to kind of terraform, um, and so there's a spot, which was like the last spot the traveler touched before the traveler made, made its way over to Earth. And what has sprouted there is this kind of like weird fantasy looking ass tree um, that the darkness has decided to set as its drop point for these like message dead drops that they're giving us. Uh, these kind of encrypted messages that only Ooh. Eris can kind of decrypt because she's like worked with the darkness so much. Um, and well, here's where we get to the bit where I'm pretty sure the at theory. this point, my theory, my theory, and I, this has been a joke theory for a while in the community, but is now I think <laughs> I I'm gonna put all my money on this is that the traveler is actually an egg. It's a big. <laughs> The, the giant white ball floating over yeah. the last movie humanity the is an egg. <laughs> the traveler is an
1: egg. The traveler is an egg. <laughs> it's an egg. The well, traveler
2: is an egg. I have a lot
1: of questions. <laughs>
2: um, first, there's the superficial evidence. This. Each look at season, that
1: motherfucking egg. <laughs> look at that egg. That's an egg. <laughs>
2: uh first is that each season has its own kind of symbol that they put uh, on like armor and gear so you know it's like oh this dropped from this season this season's is like a little circle with one of the pyramid ships inside what's the season called again uh season of the season of arrivals okay um Hmm, what's a
1: bigger arrival than an egg uh,
2: the arrival of a a new life (laughs) something being born is an arrival um There, it's like it's like got one of the pyramid ships in a little circle, and it's just like you know that looks like a you know they, they the did pyramid some good ships graphic are the design the darkness
1: are yeah. like the darkness ships, right? Like they are literally pyramid shaped, yeah, spaceships, yeah. Um, big Necron energy. There's also my Warhammer fans out there,
2: right? Those are, the, are those. Wait, are those the the zombie ones?
1: Yeah, they're the zombie ones. They okay. have big black. They have. They are. They are the darkness. Okay. Uh, they're not the <laughs> darkness, but. You know.
2: Um, the next thing is that they um, they announced three the next three expansions for the next three years. The like big fall ones that are like yes. those are the biggest ones, over um, uh, on a stream. And the the one three years from now is called Destiny Two
1: Lightfall. And uh-huh. let me grab the image for that. Lightfall, like Nightfall, but f- which but, are the weeklies, <laughs> yeah. except what if we're running those against the traveler who's supposed to be made of light?
2: Right. Uh-huh. See? <laughs> it's all making sense. Uh and the the here, let me drop this for y'all. The be like, logo uh, for this is a pyramid ship kind of. I don't in love keep of... your third
1: eye open jokes, but Eris Morn literally has <laughs> yeah, her third yes, eye open. Three eyes. So, oh I don't love them. I think they're kind of shitty, Ugh. but... Can can you open that? Oh, wait, that
2: that file is wrong. Hold on.
1: What did you yeah, send me? The most I don't cool. know. Just get rid of the Sounding word PNG. Noise. Just get rid of the word small from me Yeah, Amalow, I see but- that. I see that. Yeah. Now. Yeah. What did you send That's me? Safe. Wait, what is this? This is the...
4: Destiny has great lore by virtue of being the fucking dumbest shit in the world. Yeah,
1: okay. This know? logo <laughs> is a black... Tri- this is a pyramid inside in- of... Inside of the shape of... So you could
2: see how if if that's the the Traveler. traveler. You know, you can see if you look at the bottom, you see the shadow broken parts of the Traveler that has fallen off. So you can see how a a pyramid ship would fit inside of the Traveler and
1: be an egg of a pyramid ship. Um, So is your theory then that the Traveler doesn't exist? All of the Travelers are here. Is okay. let me lay out. I'm gonna run my hands together like I'm Birdman real quick. So, here's what we know. This is like real half remembered shit from when I looked at Uh the app six years ago. I was like, yo, that sounds dope. The fallen believe that the traveler ruined their culture, correct? Yes. And that they believe that they were loyal to the traveler for a long time and then some shit went down and they're like, yo, fuck the traveler actually. Correct. There's sects. There's some of them still okay. Sure. sure. Because I'm they okay also with a broad brush. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah, yeah. No culture is a monolith. Yada yada.
2: Totally. Um, but like the servitors, for example, are them trying to chase the idea of a machine god again?
1: You know. Right. Right. Yes. So They're made made from their own stuff. Yeah. There's no such thing as a traveler. Right. What if there are just the eggs? Is this what you're saying? (laughs) Yes. And that during (laughs) the the gestation period, the egg lets off light Uh because it's gestating. It's pulling the darkness in and it's like reflecting light out. And people are like, yo, this is great. That's God to me. (laughs) Look at this. I could live forever. But it Uh is fat. And then each time you die, you're really feeding some sort of darkness energy in and helping Uh, the egg gestate. Yep. And then the egg eventually opens, and it's like, nope, that's a big darkness pyramid or a (laughs) dragon or some shit. I don't know. It's a Uh,
2: darkness pyramid for sure. And then it fucks up your whole
1: culture, and then you go, oh shit, there was never a traveler. There was never a traveler.
2: Yep, yep. I think part of the thing here is, the traveler as it's in its egg form is absolutely kind of uh, uh like uh giving away some of its true intentions the way that it fucked over the fallen was absolutely uh in that it gave them all this power and then decided one day to just fuck off and take its power with it uh and so things collapse uh out of out of them under this power vacuum um right and so it's just like it's obviously benevolent to a point until it doesn't seem uh-huh. deem you necessary anymore or find something better right and it moves on uh-huh. uh huh.
1: and hey guess what peep game watch this get ready i'm about to blow your fucking mind kato yeah
2: <laughs> all
1: right ready <laughs> who in destiny one i actually don't even know what happened to this character whatever happened to the speaker oh the speaker Is died Speaker still around okay well guess what let me check this out you ever look at the speaker
2: what let me see Here's the speaker.
1: Yeah. You ever fucking look at the speaker upside down? What's his head? His head is a fucking egg. (laughs) That's That's an egg. That's an egg. No. That's an egg. (laughs) (laughs) That's an egg, my guy.
2: Oh, fuck. (laughs) oh jesus christ
4: for the
1: egg? that's an egg face that's my, ma- my man's yeah. egg my man's face is an egg bill nye knew all along <laughs> yeah. wait so wait what, what did happen to the speaker he died in destiny he did like the beginning of destiny 2 yeah, he right died at the
2: beginning of destiny 2 he also okay. admitted at that point that he never actually spoke to anything
1: he's like i'm a fucking phony he yeah
2: he was he was a you know fake space space pope um damn totally <laughs> uh mm. talking to no one you know just you
4: hate it when your faith your space poker that
2: yeah. <laughs> I hate it yeah. <laughs> fucking got to uh, hate it yeah there's a uh. there's a couple more uh things where like please please the, give the, me your- the, the 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 traveler is was was at one point the only known paracausal object in the universe mm-hmm. meaning that it broke all causality and like l- rules of time flowing in one direction until we found a pyramid and it turns out they're also paracausal uh, which seems like a startling, you know, coincidence that the only two things that we've ever found that uh, totally break these things are this round thing and this uh, pointy thing. Hmm. Man, uh, fucking,
1: he <laughs> fucking spitting right now. Cotto, brother, oh Cotto. I love it. Look,
4: Amen, <laughs> oh, man, can I get please. an men out here?
1: <laughs> Talk to me more about paracausality.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm about to start speaking in tongues, please. Like, uh, get-
2: I'm so excited, yeah. I and and um, fucking each 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 week we're getting new uh new lore drops. Some straight from uh Eris, and the first week was very uh it was very interesting. You have a moment where you're kind of headed towards the pyramid ship, um, mm-hmm. and the pyramid ship is like you don't need like it's speaking to you through your ghost, and it's like why do you bring weapons? You don't need any weapons. We're here to save you. And then you get pulled away. This is part of what's interesting about this conflict at this point is that you get pulled away by a hive god. You get pulled away by mm. Savathun, who has been also been hinted at since the beginning of Destiny 2, uh, one of the she sisters of Oryx.
1: The... Okay, so she's a sister of Oryx. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, one the of the wi- last... The like... Witch Queen. This is yes. one of the other expansions coming out, Yes, right? that it's expansion
2: like... is, I believe, the one for 2021, next year. Mm.
1: Um.
2: And you've got this idea. You've always had this idea that the darkness and the hive are kind of aligned in a way. Um, yes. And you always you always ever and there's always a question of whether or not the hive are actually uh, beings of darkness themselves, or just like beings that feed off darkness or are interested in darkness. Um, and we're getting this you know, conflict now here that. at this point, <laughs> where the darkness now that the darkness is here, uh, Savathun doesn't want us to actually speak to the darkness directly. Uh, which mm. is throwing a wrinkle into, like, the ideas of what this, what, if any, organization there is between these two entities. So that's also really interesting. Like, Destiny right. is at its most interesting when t- it's got all of these different factions and it's actually doing something with them yes. apart from putting them directly in contact with just Guardians, right? Yes. Like, we, it feels now, Please. like, the season so far feels like... we're in the middle of something way bigger than us. And like, we're not, we're not really equipped. We're trying our best, but like, even, even though we are like undying zombies that can be resurrected forever, uh, we are pawns in whatever this game of like, you know, gods is about to happen. And that's really like good shit. Oh, um, I
1: want, I was, you and I talked back during, it was during Comic-Con that we had this conversation, Kato, mm. about like what we wanted from the future of destiny. Right. Um, And I don't think we're going to get what we wanted because <laughs> the lack of a destiny three on that roadmap yeah. um, makes me feel like we're not going to get the thing where we, uh, you and I were like, it would be sick if the next big destiny thing allowed you to play as play as one play as a fallen uh (laughs) uh, uh, but also that it was like literally it ended up breaking down as around factional lines that like the guardians and the and the fallen were like fighting on the side of of quote-unquote light and then the hive and the uh, the Vex were like on the side of darkness, and then you kind of like throw in with one side or the other, and there's right. a whole new PvP angle and blah 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 blah. And I don't think we're getting that, but what I think no. we're getting uh, what it, what it's narratively it actually sounds way more interesting uh, than that because it feels like they're actually treating these factions as more complex than that. Like the the totally. truth of the scenario is actually a lot more complicated than just the light versus darkness stuff. That I think we both kind of assumed they weren't going to.
2: Like we, I, mean, I never thought i never thought it would be in bungie to get that complex or like right look right. beyond like having this conflict be very easily translatable to you are shooting the bad guys always right yes. because ultimately the verbs in this game are haven't changed at all you know it's still you shoot the bad the, yeah. the enemies or whatever but i still think they're there's a, they're able to build an interesting narrative around those aspects of the game and mm-hmm. it's it, it's still you know it's it has that thing where it doesn't feel uh as integrated as it ever could be in a game where like your verbs are matching up with uh that narrative but it's still mm-hmm. the much more interesting version of this fps to have that sort of narrative be the backdrop to you know all of the activities you're doing mm-hmm. um i yeah there so we're getting we might get some small version of that because it feels like this next expansion that's coming in September called Beyond Light, uh, they showed an intro cinematic for it. And the uh-huh. intro cinematic has three people gathering, um, which three is a special number for Destiny and Guardian specifically because there's always been three Vanguards. There's been one for each class, there's always been three elements uh, of, uh, solar, void, and arc. Um, and one of the big things that they st- sold this up front with is there's actually a fourth element that we're going to get, and which means new subclasses, which is exciting, but also like new, some new wrinkle into how the elemental system works called stasis. Um, and these three people gathering, which were the Drifter, uh, Eris Morn, and a long returning from the, the past, who knows how she got here, the Exo Stranger from Destiny 1, the I-don't-have-time-to-explain-why-I-don't-have-time-to-explain-lady. Yeah. Um yeah from the original campaign that we have not seen since that original campaign in destiny one are back and this formation of a second trio of like well-known characters definitely feels like some sort of counter vanguard to the
1: other vanguard which is kind of broken
2: at this point yeah (laughs) Um, that's
1: 100 percent right right like that you they would become the npcs that you go to for your quests or whatever yeah totally that makes sense um Cato I'm I'm like I'm like galaxy braining as I look through the yeah. lore Wikipedia yeah. now cuz yes. I'm like Yes. Uh, ac- okay, according to the lore book Unveiling, which seemingly narrated by the darkness itself, both the light and the darkness have existed before the beginning of time and thus before the universe came into existence. Uh that is literally the chicken and the egg. The question of right. like what came first, what the light came- or the darkness. <laughs> and is there if their liter- fucking big reveal is literally a chicken or the egg joke, I'm going to shit oh, myself.
2: Oh my god. Oh mm-hmm. I used to I used to be uh, like from the beginning from destiny one people were like that's an egg look at that big egg in the sky that's an egg egg." and it's mostly a joke but if they actually like if this ends up being the the fucking traveler was an egg all along i will lose my shit Uh, but i'm also ready to bet on it i'm also like that's what absolutely where they're going and i'm loving every moment of it
4: that i love about destiny lore is that they start out with really engaging and interesting premises and then they're like what if the resolution was 90 percent dumb?" yeah that's me? exactly
1: yeah. right well that's my that's fear
4: that's <laughs> it's like the it's always sunny approach to storytelling right the highs are really really high and the lows are yeah, really fucking really
1: low. <laughs> low they really are they <laughs> truly are yeah.
4: So uh, the gang finds out the guardian wasn't the, the speaker <laughs> wasn't <next. Yeah>,
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh God. Well
4: It's T minus three minutes until the Sailor Moon ColourPop collection restocks by the way Hell yeah. <laughs> Refreshing that page. Great. Shit.
1: Kato, thank you for keeping us up to date. I'm yeah. so glad we I'm so glad we came back to Destiny to talk about this. Like hearing the thing that's still fucked up to me is just like anytime we talk about Destiny, I'm like, I wanna play Destiny. And then yeah. I play Destiny for like, you know, four hours, and I'm like this still isn't exactly what I want from it right. because what I want is a game that, that that digs into all of this stuff all the time. And right. I, it's just, it's not that. This, and they, they shouldn't make it that because that's just for me. I know it's just for me. I, maybe they should. Be I was gonna the say, this is a I like good season that too,
2: for but. that, it feels like. Because yeah, so you're getting a lot of that in, even like in mission, in cutscenes, like that's mm-hmm. not just regulated to the lore books, which is a big problem where like in mission, you'd be like, you are the space cup, go shoot the baddies. And like, that's all you would get from the voice good actors song. even. <laughs> um, but this time around, it feels like a lot of that is being integrated. You're getting kind of a little extra flavor from the lore instead of it, the lore being where the interesting stuff is and all of the in-game cutscenes being kind of like, uh, you know, we're not really mm-hmm. talking about this very much. Um, but yeah, uh, this definitely would be a good season if you're interested in that stuff to to hop back in. Especially as they kind of ramp up to the September thing, which should be really interesting, too. I'm loving it. I'm loving Destiny again.
1: I'm sorry. (laughs) I have been thrown off because I got Uh, a a PR email just uh now, a press release. I don't know if I should even broadcast this because this feels like it's too... I feel like I don't know if I should trust it. Normally, I just trust press releases when Uh they come in that they're telling me the whole truth. And that I can believe them and just repeat verbatim whenever it comes in, obviously, because, you know, why would a PR person lie to you about something? Uh, This one says, Billy Mitchell, Donkey Kong and Pac-Man champion, has been vindicated by the Guinness Book of Records as they reinstate all of his previously rescinded records. After an investigation into the reports that Billy Mitchell cheated, they have decided to give back his records. And a decision made announcing that they are legitimate records that Billy did not, ch- and that Billy did not cheat. Wow! Took the more fuck? than two years and an abundance of indisputable facts, eyewitnesses, and expert testimony to prove all of my records were legitimate, says Mitchell, who helped transform the category from the arcade into a competitive international sport. Fuck off.
4: Oh, fuck that.
1: Uh, their one key finding of the investigator mm. apparently wait a second yeah okay uh is talking to someone who explained that what twin galaxies new owners asserts about billy mitchell's score is simply not possible there has never and will never be an emulsion board that plugs into a donkey kong machine it's simply impossible for anything but legitimate hardware to have been inside of billy mitchell's machine uh, and then someone else basically says, uh, after reviewing it and reproducing similar games, I can say this is legitimate gameplay. Uh, and then it, it seems like la- I do not see a reason why Billy would need to even use Mame or save states to film both games with his with this style of play. So.
4: This seems a lot like he paid some people to say that he was so good at gaming he'd never need to cheat. It
1: seems like that. I would not. I would not explicitly allege that because uh, the end of this is view lawsuit at blank. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it, but it could mean anything. It's,
1: who could say? Also, I click that link and it doesn't go to anything. This this L.A. court case doesn't <laughs> exist. This amazing. This link is wow. broken. I wonder if there was a lawsuit. Was there a lawsuit? Did he win a lawsuit?
4: There was. Heather was. Alexander was covering that before she left to do other, the other side of the thing that we do. Um, she was covering that there was a lawsuit and uh, she was talking to these people like every day for a while. So they care a lot about Donkey Kong.
1: They, they, yeah, they do care a lot about Donkey Kong.
4: You know what? That part, that's beautiful.
1: <laughs> the part where they care about Donkey Kong, that's beautiful to me
2: that's
4: video <laughs> that's games. what i call
1: fuck well now i got i gotta okay i hope someone yeah. digs into this and, and gives me all the details um and anything else anyone wants to shout out before we wrap things up today
4: uh i gave myself a sick manicure just hell now. yeah oh shit the restock started <laughs>
1: Did your color form good luck All
4: right, emmanuel it's you.
1: always good to have you on where can people find you on the internet
3: uh, as always, ass.bargains is where you can find me. One more time. Ass.bargains? bargains.
1: Right. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, always sure. yep.
2: I, always, I always
1: forget. I always forget. Where do I get those bargains? Wait.
2: Wait. Emmanuel, your fucking Twitter icon Twitter is an icon
1: egg. Is an egg. What do you this know? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm the traveler. Know? It's
3: <laughs> me. I'm inside the egg.
0: Tell me your secrets, egg! <laughs> God.
1: Uh... Um, sorry, I was thinking about Destiny. I was like, it was like, blank. Just like, hmm, what else? What else fits the egg? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, we need to stop this. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore You can follow everything we do, twitter.com slash Waypoint. Hey, Emmanuel, I want to send a thanks to whoever uh, created the new Vice Games uh, internal channels and just called them Waypoint again. This is, it's happening, baby. One by one, we're going to fucking take it back. <laughs> We're kind of winning it back. Very. We're in a new Slack now. It's, yeah. This is the third new Slack this year. This year, or the second new Slack I've been in this year. I guess.
3: Um, I am in. I am in uh, one, one's two, three, four, five, six different Slack.
1: Like, oh yeah, not not rooms, but like servers. six different Slack servers. Servers. Th- yeah, yeah, and they're all yes. they're all for work. They're all yeah. for work. And most of them, some of them are are yeah. are done now, right? I no. But yeah, wow, you're in realize. six currently? I'm in. Yeah. Damn! Yeah,
4: I'm in. I'm in four different active Slacks that are work related. Yes, yeah,
1: unbelievable. Um, yeah, Janice
4: and I are DMing now because the fucking Sailor Moon thing sold out in under a minute.
1: Jesus Christ, <laughs> <It> Looks depressing.
4: <laughs> I know. Damn, it's like a <laughs> secret drop. We're so upset. Yeah. It's so. Uh, it's like one of the best palettes they've ever done. It's hyper pigmented, so it actually shows up on like brown people. Damn. I'm so upset. I'm sorry. Anyway, I was not listening at all to anything anyone Where can people find you, you on Twitter so
1: to find out more about everything going on in your life, Gita?
4: At XOXO Gossip Gita. Look there to see whether or not I got this palette. Good luck. I hope you get the palette. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Kato.
2: At A underscore Kato underscore appears. To see pictures of my cat.
1: Please go see pictures of, <laughs> of Kato's cat. Kato's cat is adorable. The so beautiful. beautiful, beautiful cat. Love I this love cat. I love her. Uh, takes a pet like so no much. problem. <laughs> yeah, truly, absolutely. Truly, does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. And uh, as always, uh, you can send questions into gaming at vice.com. We'll try to do a question bucket episode soon. I know that we got some piling up in there. Um, uh, as always, also, thank you to Bowen for letting us do the track. Miss you off the EP Pale Machine to find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. I hope everyone has a good Juneteenth. I hope everyone has a good weekend i hope everyone continues to uh, protest and make noise and continue the struggle for justice uh at home and everywhere else honestly uh until monday where we will be we will be back on monday i believe uh i hope everyone as always says fuck capitalism go home
0: the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
4: Hello. Hello. Ella ran in the room yelling. She's not going to like moving very much at all.
3: Oh, cats hate moving.
4: Manuel, you're, you're muted yet again.
3: Sorry, I said cats hate moving.
4: Cats hate change. My cat especially hates boxes, so not going to be a good time for her, I don't think. Manuel, how are you?
3: I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited that it's the end of the week.
4: Yeah, it is the end of the week.
3: I'm excited not to beef with anyone for the rest of the day.
4: I'm excited that you're not going to beef with anyone for the rest of the day, (laughs) Emmanuel. No
2: beefing. No beefing. No beefs. Beef-free lifestyle. (laughs)
4: <laughs> you're really great i'm sorry i do live a beef-free lifestyle i don't eat right. meat yeah, I and i say. don't beef with people you
2: know? <laughs> yeah. the new I the new you. online online veganism no beef
4: online veganism was you don't beef, don't with, beef anyone. with anyone drake is gonna wrap that line in like six months <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: Oh, fuck. Tell me, I am wrong. No. I am it's not wrong,
4: happen. yo. Uh, I, will, I I I listened to the Tusi slide, and he sounds like Drake. Sounds like he's in prison, and he was forced to record that song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what's happened to popular culture.
2: It's in quarantine.
4: Uh, <laughs> boo. <laughs> See. what day is it it's 18th am i expecting anything what yes i am day is it
2: okay. oh. wait we have an extra day it's not the end of the week yet
4: no we have juneteenth off dude the fuck yeah it happened yesterday while you were out we were told we have juneteenth <laughs> off yesterday while you were out we got an extra day off and pokemon snap was announced
2: <laughs> oh fuck
4: so, welcome back. Now, fuck off.
1: <laughs> Hello. I am back. Hello. Um.
4: I just told Kato that we have tomorrow off.
1: Do we? we? missed?
4: Yeah. yeah. Juneteenth, baby. Free the slaves.
1: Did Vice? I mean, I, we can take it <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> but did Vice, no, Vice tell you?
4: Jason oh, wow. told me. Okay, yeah.
1: good. Shout out Jason to Jason is Vice. Yeah. Jason's vice, no. Sorry, Jason. vice now. Sorry, Jason. That's on you. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Hello. Hi.
1: Hello. Una? Is that, is Una. that her name? Yeah.
2: Because she has Una. one eye.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Baby. Hi. I don't know if you Hello. But How are you right doing? <laughs> she loves being held. She's like, I'm good with this. Uh-huh. I love to be held.
2: She's very cuddly. And she'll do it on purpose, too. Best. Which is the best. Well, like. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. just you have to go to her, but like. You'll be there and she'll like come over and lay on top of you and just be like, this is where the I am best. now. It's amazing. Hi. I love her so much. The <laughs> absolute best. Hi, Gita. Look. Say hi to Una.
4: Oh my god. Hi, baby.
1: Such a little good baby.
4: Una. She's
1: little, so little baby. Floppy.
4: Yeah. She's a little baby. Oh uh-huh. she just wants to be a friend. It's true. That's all she wants. Oh my god, I love cats so much. Uh I'm I'll save it for the show. Never mind. I was gonna talk about a video game. But you know what? The fool's <laughs> the fool's mistake to talk yeah. about a game before the pod.
1: Don't confirm pod. Um I mean what's the game so I know how to throw to it.
4: Oh, I'm playing now. Hades. Oh, nice. I've just started just playing a ton of Hades every day.
1: Hell yeah. Day. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, it's
4: really fucking good, but I'll talk about it on the pod. Cool, cool, cool.
2: Yeah. Is this, this feels bad on my end.
4: Yeah, you're yeah, quite bad in now. Way. <laughs> it's,
1: it's bad now.
4: Yeah. It's uh, not good, I Just dude. wanted to
2: show y'all cat.
4: <laughs> good
1: cat. I love
2: the I mean, cat. I mean, I really am...
4: I really want to meet that cat.
2: Yes, she's, she's amazing. So
4: beautiful, she's so beautiful. She's absolutely driving me wild.
2: I love her. Hello, I Manuel. love her. I see your face. Hey,
3: hello. It's
2: I love
4: Emmanuel. her stripes.
2: The stripes go on her belly. It's cute.
4: Oh, <laughs> the stripes are so cute. Does she have a infected eye?
2: Um. I didn't actually ask what happened, but they removed it surgically, which is why she's wearing the cone, and also spayed her at the same time, so it's like double duty. Yeah, makes sense.
4: Yeah, Yeah, you might as well, if the eye has to go, just do the other thing at the same time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What's really adorable is that because she can't, like, lick her paw to kind of, like, rub her face, she's taken uh-huh. to coming up to me and, like, licking my fingers and then just, like, rubbing against, my, like, oh using my, my fingertips as her paw instead to clean Very her face. Cute. It's Very impossibly adorable. I'm going to
4: die. Uh, going to die. <laughs>
2: really I had a friendly cat. <laughs> But this is the friendliest cat I've ever met in my fucking life. And it's a a fucking joy.
4: (laughs) She just wants to be loved by Kato specifically. (laughs) That's what she's asking for.
2: Oh, no. What's great, too, is that actually our last cat definitely favored me over Christina. Um, but mm-hmm. immediately she's already she's like everyone doesn't matter <laughs> which it. is a very good thing <laughs> that's so great <laughs> like my last cat no. like didn't hate Christina or anything she would still cuddle up to her but she like would always like when we're both sitting on the couch she would always kind of come over and sit on my lap for some reason like I don't know why she like
4: yeah. stuck this to me, cat but. is just a slut <laughs> this cat just wants <laughs> everyone's love
2: yeah everyone's Listen. love
4: Wear with pride. She just believes in free love. I understand that. <laughs> Who said that human beings are most well-suited for monogamy? Uh, anyway. No. <laughs> just had that conversation so much. Um, <laughs> just other people, while I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm, great, mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yes, my cat, she started coming to me every morning and, like, getting more and more cuddly against the side of my body. <sighs> Just like demanding that I basically turn my body into a big letter C so that she can cuddle in the sort of Good. cave, the concave space, yes, <laughs> where my abdomen was, yeah. And then she just purrs, and it's like, well, how are you supposed to get out of bed at that point? You're stuck. What are you supposed to do? You're stuck. That's, you're you're the cat's now. You belong to the cat.
2: You are for the cat. You're for the <laughs> well, cat only.
4: True. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you got to accept Kato. It's been wonderful to have you as a podcast producer, but cat ownership, I know, will be more important <laughs> at all yeah, times.
1: That's true. <laughs> all right. Ready to clap? No. Emmanuel. Yes. Uh, I'm, not re- I'm not ready to clap. Sorry. I was looking at Damn. something. Where's, what's the site? Time.is? Time, time.is. Uh, so, yeah. Time.is, and then let's clap at uh, 55 seconds. Plenty of time. Nice. Did we get four? I think so. Okay. Everybody clapped. So one point, <laughs> so on point that we didn't uh that we didn't uh hear one. I didn't hear one.
4: I heard three. I heard what? myself and three others. Okay. I was
1: like, wait, okay. <laughs> um,
5: all right.